0: Welcome to St Ed's Line, the podcast from St Edmund's School, an independent day and boarding school in Canterbury for children aged 2 to 18. Each episode, you'll learn more about the school and its community. So let's get into this episode of St Ed's Line.
1: So today, we're speaking to a few people on this episode, but it's always good to get a few words from the head, Mr. Edward O'Connor. Ed, how are you
2: today? I'm very well, Simon. Lovely to see you again.
1: It's great to have you here and thank you for saying a few words uh, to open this podcast episode. But let's get straight into it. What I'm dying to know is why is Key Stage 3 provision especially important when discussing STEM subjects?
2: Well, firstly, STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and maths. But it also refers to related disciplines such as computer science and psychology. Um, and there's a good news, bad news dynamic here. Um, the bad news, if I can start there, is that the UK has historically been short of graduates in STEM professions. And there's lots of reasons for this. Obviously, STEM subjects like chemistry and physics are seen as harder than others, and this may put some people off. But also, I think... I think that approaches to the teaching of STEM subjects have been too formulaic and more focused on driving through content than on exploring the wonder and the beauty of studying science and maths for example. The good news, though, is that things have been improving. And since 2011, there's been an unprecedented growth in students opting to take on STEM subjects such as computer science and engineering uh, at university. So, for example, acceptances into computer science courses have risen by almost 50% over the last 10 years. And for me, Key Stage 3, so years seven to nine in the national curriculum, is the crucial period. Back in 2015, Ofsted published a report called Key Stage 3, The Wasted Years. And it described how schools nationally were neglecting this vital period in a child's academic development. And that report made a big impression on me at the time. And at St Edmunds, we now place great emphasis on the quality of our academic provision throughout Key Stage 3, particularly in state. Subjects. And this is really for two reasons. Firstly, it's because they're the vital foundation years for GCSE study. So the time when the key knowledge and skills are put in place that enable students to succeed in their subsequent public examinations. But importantly, there is still flexibility within the Key Stage 3 curriculum to enable experimentation, innovative classroom approaches, project work and cross-curricular initiatives before the inevitable momentum of public examination syllabi kicks in. So for me, Key Stage 3 is the sweet spot, if you like, um, to really inspire young people to take up STEM subjects.
1: Well, that's really good to hear. And what we're going to do is to put a link to the Key Stage 3 Ofsted Wasted Years report in the show notes as well. But, Ed, I'm aware that you're busy, so you probably need to dash. You're in high demand in the school. But thank you for being here and opening this podcast episode here today. My pleasure, Simon. Thank you. So now we're going to jump across to Andrew De Silva and Samantha Barnes. Hello, both of you. How are you today? Uh, really good thank you how are you simon uh very good indeed very good i've just been talking to ed and finding out lots of good stuff from him uh but now i'm talking to the pair of you sam how's your day going today
0: yeah good thank you simon thanks for asking
1: now before we get into this section of the podcast andrew just tell us about your role as head of the junior school uh, okay, so Simon,
3: my, my role as head of the junior school or head learner in the junior school is essentially to be responsible for the teaching and most importantly, the learning that the children have. Um, but I spend a lot of my time trying to meet people to talk about teaching and learning. And uh, if they get at all bored with what I've got to say, they've got so many other interesting things to look at in my office, be it Lego or my two DeLoreans from Back to the Future.
1: Fabulous. Back to the Future is always a great movie. I'm sure a lot of the parents that are listening to this have watched that. They can probably remember back to 1985. Was it November 5th? 1955 he goes back to, very well done the quiz
3: is at the end <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you mentioned about being a head learner tell us where that phrase came from
3: well essentially um it's important for whoever's in charge of a school to continually learn and it would be wrong wrong for me to assume that we know it all because children are the best teachers we often get that role the wrong way around that it's just teachers teaching and children learning but actually it's much more successful when it's the other way around
1: So, if we've been talking then about about 1.21 gigawatts, how has the maths curriculum been enhanced at St Edmunds?
3: (laughs) That's a really good link. Lovely segue. Okay, so in terms of the maths curriculum, essentially, Simon, what we have brought in for this academic year, we're continuing throughout our journey with maths, is uh, a mastery approach to maths, which actually isn't hugely uncommon in terms of schools and educational provision, but ours is slightly different in that we are following a specific scheme which focuses on three parts, concrete resources, pictorial representation and abstract maths.
1: Tell us a little bit more about abstract maths in that case.
3: Okay, so abstract maths is, um, I suppose, the thing that most parents listening would be used to. So it's the good old bus stop method and how to do long division and so on. But the problem when we were at school is that we may not have fully understood what we were doing mathematically. Or rather, to phrase it another way, we would have learnt maths by tricks rather than understanding what the maths is there to do. So by having the two stages before, the concrete uh, concrete resources and the pictorial representation, children can not only play and do, which is essentially what children are born to do, because that's how their brains are programmed, and then they can take the link to what it looks like in a pictorial way, and then suddenly they understand, through doing both of those processes, what maths is actually asking them to do rather than just a trick to get a right answer.
1: I see. So how do you handle situations then when parents might come into school saying that the way that their child is learning maths is different to the way that they learnt maths when they're at school? Maybe they struggle to understand the way that children are learning it right now. and Maybe they even push back against it because they feel it's not the right way.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and what I would say is, our parents are really good with trusting us in terms of learning provision. Um, but we did have, uh, relatively recently, a session for our parents where we talked them through the maths, taught them through the logic, the reasoning behind it, and actually, they all Got it. They all understood. Ah, all right. Now I understand why I did what I did all those years ago, as opposed to uh, as opposed to not understanding it. But I'm going to be honest with you, Simon. We're still on that journey because we are so new into this Inspire Maths way of mastery teaching and mastery learning that we haven't yet crossed all those hurdles or jumped all of those hurdles yet but what I would say so far so good everyone has been really behind what we are doing and that's incredibly important when you think about learning being well learning having many stakeholders and parents are so important with that
1: and tell me about some of the benefits for the pupils with this way of learning then well Ultimately, maths is an outcomes
3: business and we are looking at uh, data and already in the short, relatively short time we've been doing this, the data is significantly higher than the school has had in terms of internal data before. But having done this previously, my other school, uh, or rather a similar uh, way of looking at it, the data speaks for itself. Children are on track for really high academic outcomes. But of course, the other wonderful thing about this system is that it's a great leveller. You don't need to think that you're a good mathematician. Or rather, I suppose the other way of looking at it, Simon, is that children in um, maths classes, where they've been setted or whatever it is, um, the top set mathematicians haven't necessarily been the best mathematicians. They've been the best rememberers. So what this is about is levelling the playing field so that everyone can conceptualise what maths is, show it in a visual way, and then do it so everyone can succeed.
1: So that's all great in terms of pupil outcomes, but is there any quantitative proof in this? Yeah, really good. Um, I suppose one of the things that
3: I've got to bear in mind, having come from the state sector, where I was a state school head teacher before, is that we were, everything was governed by our bread and butter, if you like, was data and outcomes. What I would say about our data is that when we benchmark our pupil outcomes at the moment, bearing in mind we've been doing this for relatively short Space of time since September um, uh, last year, our data is already higher than all the local outstanding schools in the area. Um, and that, for me, is a really big benchmark because I know how much state schools, as well as, our, of course, our, our fellow independent schools, struggle and are working hard with mathematical understanding, particularly given covid
1: Andrew, that's perfect, and it makes perfect sense. But don't go anywhere. We're going to transition across to Samantha, uh, so and we're going to come back to you shortly, Andrew. Samantha, tell us something about how St Edmunds has changed this information and communications technology provision in recent years.
0: So, actually, I started with the school in um, 2019, and as we as we're aware, that was a particularly um, notable. And disruptive year for education, but disruptive not just in the sense of um, affecting people's learning in a negative way, but actually disruptive in the way that industries can sometimes be disruptive and getting us to think quite creatively about we approach problems. And I think that was something that the school was particularly proud about what it did, the way that we embraced ICT during that, um, that particular year. So initially when I started, I wanted to understand first the culture what the culture of the school is like, I guess, to kind of think about what would really work then with any change that would be made. Um, Because there wasn't sort of a handover process or anything, so I was coming in quite cold about what the school was doing, but coming in as a subject specialist, which I I guess gives us that edge... um, So I wanted to be able to implement things, not just that feeds directly into the GCSE, because it's an optional GCSE, computer science. So it's also thinking about how how pupils of today are going to be using this subject in their futures when they don't necessarily have qualifications for it. Um, So I just felt that if I understood the culture first, I could then implement what was potentially crucial for their futures. So I I do love reading, not just around my subject, but also thinking about my subject contextualised. And there's a fantastic article on the World Economic Forum about um, skills for the future. Um, So if people haven't read it, it's definitely what I recommend, because it includes things like creativity and originality are there, um, along with resilience. So I don't see myself just as a subject specialist. I see myself as a teacher who's got to teach something like computer science and ICT that... That pupils can fully embrace, even when they don't feel confident, um, because I think that confidence can be a real, um, a real issue. So essential components that I want to develop in pupils in the classroom are things like creativity and originality. So we're kind of going down a path of incorporating more aspects of hardware because, as we know, people nowadays don't really leave their houses without a device. Everyone is a, is a journalist, as they say now as well. So we have these devices that can always take pictures or record and also upload to the internet. So there are so many more issues that parents contend with than what, than what I guess we did or our parents did as children. Um, but I want them to be able to sort of interact with devices other than just a traditional PC to program, so that they can take other types of devices, program them, and make something happen. Um, We also, for us, at the school, I, I feel that, the culture really speaks about pupil choice. So allowing pupils to take more control of their learning, not just us at the front of the room telling them what to do, um, but actually giving them some choice to, or giving them the skill to make decisions for themselves. So um, there's this fantastic bit of hardware. It's it's an input device called a Makey Makey, something I learned about during my training year, um, where pupils can learn about different electrical conductors that can include, wait for it, bananas (laughs) bananas <laughs> so we we use bananas in an ICT classroom uh, to send an input to a computer to make something happen so that's usually a banana piano um, and they take that inspiration and then as as usually as groups for this particular project they come up with their own ideas and certainly experimenting because as we know that actually sometimes it's not about being given knowledge that helps us learn sometimes it's actually about trying for ourselves that will really help us learn
3: Matt, can I just say on that one we had <laughs> (laughs) A taste today uh, for Year Sevens uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, the children were waiting in the Genius Lab, which is our ICT suite. And um, Sam um, was there, and she was there with bananas. And seriously, <laughs> why wouldn't you introduce yourself via bananas to pupils? So she was there trying to get the pupils making keyboards out of bananas. As a musician, that pains me hugely. But as a, as a creative teacher, Sam did an awesome job. And um, if we didn't recruit the pupils off the back of that, then, well, St Edmund's hasn't missed out.
0: <laughs> I think uh, one of the things we did do today is reassure them. We've not had to call an ambulance to date because we do also use them to create that um, the, for the flow of current that goes into the banana, that then goes into the computer and makes something happen. So the look of alarm on their faces when you tell them that, but then suddenly they realise, oh, it's just a little, a little tiny flow of current that you don't even feel. Um, but yeah, the last point on that question, actually, for me to make is that um, I think the idea of being seated firmly at a computer is quite dated because obviously it doesn't help a lot of the learning differences that we work with today. um, We want to be able to recognise those in the curriculum that we we develop. So using all of our space is really, really important. So I try to get outside, for instance, in the summer months and doing various topics, like being meteorologists, um, but also um, using other devices as step counters. So we do... I don't think Andrew knows this, but last year there were lots of pupils running past his office with their little micro bits strapped to their ankles with a step counter, and we were having a competition to see who could get the most <laughs> amount of steps. But they had programmed it themselves. It was quite a sight.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't know that. No, no. <laughs> fantastic. Andrew, it was great to see your face then when Sam said that as well. It was like half excitement and half panic. So that was fantastic. <laughs> um, Sam, tell me then, if I was a pupil at St Edmund's, what what should I expect from a world of ICT at school?
0: Yeah, so I think um, it's really important to acknowledge that it's not... Everybody's subject, it's not everyone's favourite subject. So I think I like to get them into the classroom and realizing that we go through the whole year and they will find something that they love. So we in Form 3, for instance, like producing an invitation to a fantastical event, the event that they come up with and design, um, to creating or forming a team to create an app from inception to implementation for a social cause. So we're always trying to ensure that there's something for everyone of all skill levels, abilities, and confidence levels, because we do get quite a vast range because I think their interest level really influences that as well. But what I think one of my favourite topics um, of work, which is a direct link to our Form 7 Enrichment Week, the Turing Experience, is where we explore um, history of computer science. So we're bringing in other subjects into our classroom, but we're looking at um, it in a theoretical and practical way. So, for example, like, did you know that debugging really does actually come from an incident of a moth in a machine? <laughs> um, and I love giving them little facts like that, and they're like, no way it's like mind blown moments but we also consider the use of logic gates in real world scenarios so logic gates is something that electricians would encounter but also other um, areas of expertise uh, in computer science and electronics like burglar alarms and discuss important topics like bias in artificial intelligence because we know they're going to be encountering that a lot more in their futures than we have so far to date just going back for a moment on the Turing experience that's our way of fully immersing pupils in the history and significance of a subject and um, we've got this coming up actually in the summer, we've got everything booked, ready in June where we kick start the week with a private screening at one, it's a really lovely um, local cinema, of the Imitation Game and then we move on to um, a hands-on visit at the National Museum of Computing uh, which is right next door to Bletchley Park and then we go to Bletchley Park as well for a self-guided tour and then we finish the week with an outdoor escape room experience where pupils are working in teams, fighting against the clock to decode puzzles. That's just one small part um, of, uh, of that whole experience. Um, so, Have
3: we found the children from last <laughs> year?
0: <laughs> we might still be hunting. Okay. No, 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 we're really not. We promise. <laughs> no, we, We're big on safeguarding here. That's really important. <laughs> um, but actually, the other thing we're thinking about, especially now, is incorporating more opportunities for gameplay. Um, because actually, it, it's been quite well researched that gameplay within education does really help pupils progress quite significantly. Or gamifying the curriculum, because they're two separate things. Um, and again, it's proven... Um, to increase progress in various ways. So in terms of the social aspect, you've got the social side as well as academic progress. Um, But we're now teaching pupils to code um, using the amazingly creative world of Minecraft and I'm not going to lie, I'm a secret Minecraft (laughs) mum player. (laughs) My children don't know that when I sneak off, I'm going to play Minecraft. (laughs) Uh, They do now, unfortunately. Um, So this also allows them to gain a basic understanding of AI as well before they hit up school um, and develop their ability to work as part of a a team which is quite important I think for the future
1: no no I, I agree completely and wholeheartedly Sam it strikes me then that from the time of the 80s and 90s when some of the parents listening to this podcast would have been at school and ICT was an option for them things really have changed quite significantly haven't they tell me about what's going to be coming next at St Edmund's in the world of ICT
0: Yeah, that's a really good point you've just made, actually, because even myself, when I was at school, I am one of those parents from the 80s and 90s, and it wasn't really there for an option. And here at St Edmunds, we treat it like a core subject. I think that's one of the wonderful things that I love about working here, is it's recognised as a core subject, um, I think which also is something that a lot of our, our current parents really um, appreciate. So I think for us, giving pupils the control of their learning is a real key behaviour because we know that some pupils, they it's about making it accessible because they're going to be using computers more and more often. So we don't want them to feel the fear. We want to make it accessible to them. And if we give them control of their learning they can then realise that learning isn't just teacher-led, that actually they can explore the world through the use of ICT and also be a world-changer themselves. Um, pupil choice for us is also important because it helps develop the trust that our drama colleagues were talking about in the last podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, <laughs> I recommend you do it. It's fantastic and it's really, really passionate, um, the way they talk about drama here at the school. Just wonderful. So giving pupils that choice of projects or options, which I try to do a lot, it just lets them feel like they're in control so of course we still want to guide and challenge them Um, in fact we also recognize when pupils are talented so that we can facilitate the early taking of GCSE which we're currently doing um, or participate in external programming competitions Um, I think two other key points just quite quickly then so developing partnerships with external organizations such as universities and places of work um, will also offer our pupils more opportunity for knowledge development outside of the curriculum. So we really want to enhance that co-curricular experience here. Um, and also contextualising ICT. So we talk about cross-curricular, but actually this is where we start to think about how is ICT or how should it be used in other subjects so that we can focus more on the development of computer science, knowledge and understanding. So for instance, contextualising the use of ICT means exploring how other subjects fit in with it. Um, How might you use geography uh, or how might geography use computers for GPS? Or how maths and science might use software such as Excel for data analysis or calculations? Um, but I think actually for us, more excitingly is where we start to go with things like augmented reality. That is something that we're starting to look at now about how we incorporate that within our curriculum. And if you don't yet know what that is, I'd recommend you checking out the Guinness Book of Records with their accompanying app that makes the pages come to life.
1: Fantastic. Well, that's definitely something to check out. Well, look, thank you, Sam. It's really good to get your input on this. But now we're going to hop across and speak to Ava Fernandez. She's the head of science and chemistry at St. Heads. Ava, how are you today?
4: I'm very well, thank you.
1: Tell me what's going on in your world today.
4: Today, well, I've just finished a lesson with um, up sixth students. that just done their mock exams, so we're now carefully looking at what they did well, what things they need to really get better at before they get ready for the exams they're going to have in May and June. And after this, I'm going to be finalising um, the plans for British Science Week, um, we have a whole lot of activities prepared, not just in science, but across the school, things like a um, science-themed lunch, um, a chapel, competitions, all sort of fun activities to sort of raise the profile of science and remind people why science is important.
1: Very good. So every day is a school day and every day is a busy day as well, it seems, at St Ed's. But, you know, Ava, I'd love to understand what St Head's approach is to teaching science in Key Stage 3.
4: Okay, so we run a three-year Key Stage 3 programme, and I think that's really important uh, because it gives us time to build strong foundations in terms of skills and in terms of knowledge. And then we can build on those foundations at GCC and beyond. Um, We teach separate sciences from Year 7. And all the lessons take place in the senior school labs. And that means they can have access to all the specialist equipment and they get used to work in a laboratory environment. Practical work and investigations are at the core of what we do because children have that natural curiosity and we want to make the most of that. We want to harness it to help them understand how scientific ideas are developed and give them that opportunity to think about the benefits and also the drawbacks of science. Uh, We've got a great team of specialist teachers, it's 11 of us in the department, and they love what they do, and they deliver engaging, challenging, and inspiring lessons. And the idea is to set up high expectations and help young people develop problem solving and thinking skills that they will need so much. In the future. Personally I also think it's really important to relate their lessons to content real-world situations and also to the students' personal experiences. I think that's key in how we teach.
1: I love the depth that you're going into with this. One of the things you mentioned in all of that was natural curiosity. And we know that children do tend to have natural curiosity, which is a great thing to harness in a school environment. But sometimes, of course, as we get older, as we become adults, we tend to lose that natural curiosity. How can we go about trying to hold on to that as much as possible?
4: I suppose keep that um, interest in things, and also trying to put ourselves so much outside of our comfort zone. A lot of us and to have jobs that are very specialised, and sometimes we're a bit reluctant to um, experience different things. So if if you get branded a little bit, I suppose, like a science person, you limit your interest to in that area as an adult sometimes, and forget that you know you can still learn about a lot of different topics and lots of different subjects that have nothing to do with your if you like your day-to-day specialism
1: it's a great way of looking at it Ava and comfort zone I mean we we know that there's no growth inside the comfort zone so whenever we're outside of our comfort zone we know that there there is going to be good opportunity there for growth in whatever field in life but tell me a little bit then about the different trips and project work opportunities that are available to the children in school
4: So we have a a range of opportunities. So every week we run a Key Stage 3 science club and we try to do experiments there that are not necessarily related to the curriculum. The idea is to explore their ideas, have fun and practice those practical skills. Um, In Form 7, we run a forensics project at the end of the year once they've done all their final assessments and we give them a crime that they have to solve normally something that is happening in junior school something, one of the teachers has stolen something that's normally um, what happens and so what they do is they use all the knowledge all their skills that they've learned during the year in the three sciences and they have to put all of that together gather evidence, solve the crime and then present their findings um, to the rest of the year group and that works really well We run a trip to the Wildwood Trust for year seven. And there they look a bit at ecology, adaptations, um, and that's a very popular trip. For mates, we tend to take them whenever possible to the Salters Festivals of Chemistry. And that's a great opportunity because we take them to a university um, and they get to work in the undergraduate labs for the day and again use Problem solving skills and investigations, and that's a really nice um, trip. And this year, we're hoping to take a mix of formate and lower fifth students to a STEM challenge day uh, at Kent University in Chatham. And the idea there is they will be taking part in some challenges to do with robotics, with medicine, forensics, engineering, so a whole mix of STEM subjects. And this also for Lower Fifth, um, there is a the Curiosity Shop um, session, so they happen at lunchtime, and about once a term, the talk um, will be related to science. And there's also an academic um, programme for the academic scholars, an enrichment programme that they run once a fortnight.
1: Gosh, so there really is a lot going on. It kind of makes me wish that I was back at school doing science again. Uh, and of course, there's a lot going on during Science Week as well. Tell me a little bit about Science Week and what the school is doing to celebrate that.
4: So we've got lots lot of plans for Science Week. So each year group across the... Um, school from Form 7 are going to do a sort of special experiment. So, we're going to be looking at the science of growing bread, uh, we're going to be looking at growing crystals, making bath bombs, a bit of competition, building towers. So, again, things where they can use the skills they've learned, but they're not necessarily part of the curriculum, it's something a bit different. We all to have an activity, we've been going around the school recording members of staff talking about what they think their most important invention of discovery is. Um, and we'll be then uh, playing this video to students during their tutor group and they're going to be voting to see which one is their favourite. And again, the idea was to get... Teachers and members of staff from across the school talking about science um, because it's not just something that happens in lessons, it's all around us. Uh, we're going to do a science-themed lunch, which I'm not entirely sure what the chef is going to surprise us with, but we're going to have some dry ice as well and some decorations um, in the dining room just to make it all a bit exciting. And what else are we doing? We're doing um, a chapel again. Looking, We're going to be looking at the science of music and the chaplain is going to be looking at the sort of wonder of discovery. And then we'll have our Scientist of the Week prize uh, for each year group. And where else have we got? We've got a competition um, that is based on the James Webb telescope which is um, a very powerful telescope that is just being launched and it's sort of the replacement of the Hubble telescope so we have invited students to make a model either of junk modelling or an edible model and bring them to us during the British Science Week so we're looking forward to that as well
1: Fantastic. Well, it's great to hear about the James Webb Telescope. I imagine quite a few of the people listening to this have at least heard of that part of what you're talking about. But all of these other activities for Science Week just sound fantastic. Um, Ava, it's been great talking to you, but I should probably leave you to get back to your day busy as it is, especially with the mock exam results being discussed. But meanwhile, I'm going to hop back to Andrew to find out something extra from him regarding years seven and eight. Andrew, thank you for being on this episode for a second time. Tell me something about the Year 7 and 8 Diploma.
3: Okay, uh, so Simon, the the Year 7 and 8 Diploma is something we are really excited about here at St Edmunds because it's, it's an opportunity where pupils can actually identify an area that they want to study However, with the huge caveats that whatever they choose to study, be it yo-yos or be it uh, did COVID have, uh, did the lack of uh, attendees at the Premier League football games really have an impact on numbers or are paper straws really as good for the environment as their plastic counterparts, whatever they choose to write about, they've got to evidence their learning through university-esque style means, whether that's citations, references, presentations or language choices so that's a really exciting part for us and especially in this in this science week if you like being able to unpick not just the qualitative information that um, uh, scholars may have towards those subjects but also the quantitative stuff around it so the scientific the analytical information around it is also incredibly powerful and what that's doing for our pupils it's it's setting them up for the future in that they can be inspired about something they're choosing to study but also write it in an inspiring studious
1: way So right at the start of this podcast episode, Ed mentioned about the Ofsted report, Key Stage 3, The Wasted Years. In what way does the Year 7 and 8 diploma assist with that concern that some people might have?
3: Really, really good point, Simon, because actually that's a really unique point of what St Edmunds offers because our junior school is in year seven and eight. So therefore, they're really not the wasted years. Um, And what the Ofsted document talks about is that uh, schools tend to put their strongest teachers in accountability year groups, but not here at St Edmunds. And I suppose the diploma really helps us with that, because not only are our children having the excellent teaching from junior and senior school specialists, But they are focused on a specialism that one could say is beyond their years. We're asking them to focus on university skills, so they are certainly not having wasted years. And I know with my previous hat as a state school head teacher on, and having seen how much work goes into year six and then the jump from year six to seven, well, that's certainly something that the St. Edmunds pupils don't have to consider here. And the diploma helps, us, helps to set them up, not just with learning, but inspiring for learning.
1: I see, I see. Andrew we need to bring this episode to a close now but I just want to say a big thank you to you and also if you could pass on my thanks to Ed to Sam and to Ava as well who've all had to go back to their to their regular jobs but thank you for your time as well It was great for hearing from you and thank you very much thank you all thank you Simon
0: that's it for this episode to find out more check out the school website stedmonds.co.uk. now our next episode is coming out soon but in the meantime thank you for listening to this episode Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to next time.